0: Have you ever wanted to see for yourself what the Bible has to say? Well, you've come to the right place. Join me, Pastor Tom Marsis, and Vicar Aidan Moon as we explore the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and provide you some landmarks and guideposts along the way. Welcome to Trek Through the Scriptures. Welcome to episode nine of Trek Through the Scriptures. As we continue our reading through the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, uh, this coming week we're looking at Numbers, chapters 33 through Deuteronomy, chapter 14. Uh, I'm Pastor Tom Marsis, Senior Pastor at Zion Lutheran Church, and with me today is a guest, uh, Pastor Mark Christensen. Uh, he is a retired pastor. He served the Lord out in Montana. Uh, he is uh, one who helps us out at times when uh, I need some help with some liturgy or some uh, guest preaching. The members at Zion kind of know him as the retired pastor who plays the drums. He's actually uh, an accomplished drummer and sometimes plays the drums for us here at Zion. Uh, but he's also involved in some other very important uh, work here during his retirement years, and. Uh, uh Mark would you fill us in a little bit about the work that you do? You bet. So for uh the roughly the last
1: 10 years I've been taking groups down to uh, uh an orphanage in uh, Imeris uh, Sonora Mexico. That's uh, about 2 hours straight south of uh Tucson and uh uh several times a year uh we'll go down uh we look at our ministry there from a couple of different perspectives. One is, uh, obviously, uh, showing care and concern for the kids. Uh, in essence, we're coming alongside the uh, directors at the orphanage, Arturo and Lilia, uh, Barales, and helping them to minister and care for the children. And, uh, uh while we're there of course we have some work projects that we do but well we also look at trying to create happy childhood memories for the kids and then uh also uh, outreach uh with the gospel to the community and uh, to date we've distributed gosh close to well over 500 bibles that we get from the Lutheran Heritage Foundation that have Luther's small catechism so that uh uh, has been a really neat thing, and then the God, God opened up a uh, opportunity to build a second orphanage, and it's about an hour south of Emerys. Uh, it is just just kind of completed. Um, we're waiting for our state certification, and at that second or- orphanage, uh, we will be uh, dealing with uh, uh, kids that uh, have developmental disabilities because they don't have. Much in the way of services, and if uh, uh, if someone with developmental disabilities doesn't have family to care for them the their prospects are are pretty grim, so we're very excited about how God has uh, brought uh, people together to uh, support and to, to build that
0: that's an exciting ministry going on. As as uh, Mark said, he goes down to Mexico several times a year. And if you're interested in his ministry, we'll be posting on our social media sites on Uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, information as to how you can connect up with Pastor Christensen and his ministry, uh, either financial support, prayer support, or also going on uh, one of the trips that he has down there. Like he said, he goes down several times a year or receiving his newsletter. I know he sends out a newsletter with information as well. So. it's an exciting ministry. Uh, we're very excited to have him and his wife here with us in Bismarck, and it's a, a ministry that we really would like to continue to promote as well. As uh, we get into the uh, depth of our look today in Episode 9, uh, the early chapters of Numbers uh, that we read the last uh, week here or so, uh, one of the things we see recurring again and is again God's people rebelling. Uh, with all that he's done for them as we reminded of bringing them out of egypt sustaining them with food and water and protection from all the various people land and yet rebelling and through it all god remaining faithful and uh, we saw that as to one of the reasons why they're in the wilderness for 40 years doing that so as we uh, get going today we're moving into the last chapters here of numbers beginning with 33 and and one of the interesting things here is uh, a new generation, uh, mm. changing of the guard. And uh, Mark had an interesting, some interesting observations related to some of that, but uh, changing of the guard. Well, you know, you uh,
1: sometimes can kind of lose track that uh, for this new generation, the um, they don't have the experiences that their parents and grandparents had. Uh, they've heard about it. They didn't experience it themselves, and and I think that's part of Moses' uh, thought behind making a very detailed recount of how they got to where they are now, and how God has continued to work in and through their circumstances and the the leaders that He's put in place to refresh that
0: and to get them really prepared to go into the promised land. Well, in our in our time frame, think about it this way. It's hard to believe for many of us that the unfortunate and terrible events of 9-11 are now 20 years ago. And how many uh, people... Uh, and young people have been born since then, or were so young that they don't remember the events of 9-11. But for those of us that were young adults, or adults during that time period, seeing those airplanes uh, fly into the Twin Towers uh, will never be something that we forget. And yet, for those who have born, been born since then, or were too young, those are merely history questions. They, they hear about it every year on September 11th, uh, and they're reminded again and again it happened, but it has a different reality for them. And, and so uh, after 40 years and the changing of the guard, so to speak, it's going to be a different reality, and they need to know, they need to be reminded of God's abiding faithfulness. It's not boring. It's important. And uh, so those differences in experiences is one of the things that's like, as we're reading through here, why are we reading this again? (laughs) Why are we hearing this again? But yet the importance of hearing it again and making it ready. And the book ends uh, in numbers with them. Okay, now you're ready. Now get into the promised land. But as we see Deuteronomy, we kind of start over again, right? It's the fifth book of the Torah, uh, you know, the five books written by Moses, and uh in the opening part here now here's some speeches i would like to rather refer to them as sermons by uh, moses and uh he's speaking to them again and going through some some of the distinct experiences he wants them to remember
1: you know and and uh uh one of the thoughts that that uh came to me as as kind of working our way through uh uh uh, parts of Exodus and Numbers and and uh, Leviticus and and now Deuteronomy is that um, these are God's chosen people, um, and He is taking them out of a a society, kind of setting them apart, and He's actually having to create a whole structure, a whole social structure for them from the ground up. And in a certain sense, you could kind of think of, as, as we wend our way through this, that he's creating a, a constitution, uh, a bill of rights. He's uh, setting out laws for them, uh, laws that, we, you know, we obviously have very similar laws about murder and whatnot. And, uh, and then on top of that, he's also creating some case law for them, so that they know how to apply that scripture of uh, or a particular commandment that that uh, uh, that he's laid out, or a particular um, ruling, if you will, on in the case of adultery, this, this, this. But if it's like this, then it then you have to do this, and uh, and that to me that really helped. It it helped me put it in a, a different, little different perspective. And and
0: beginning to understand, whoa, God's really kind of being very complete here. Well, one of the things that's very interesting and, and sometimes difficult for us living in the 21st century here in America, as we're reading the scripture, for us, we live in, we function in a democracy or a republic, you know, depending upon how specific we want to get that. But and it, it, it is hard for us to sometimes think outside of that because that's the governmental structure. That's the organization that we're used to. Um, and, and I think this is a good spot to talk about this. So uh, think about it this way. Uh, England used to be ruled by a monarchy, mono, one. So one is the head of the government. So monarchy, one, one head of the government. And for us, demo, democracy, demo uh, being people, it's the government of the people or the people running the government. uh, And that's really the type of uh, structure that we're used to. So it's sometimes difficult as you're reading it. We're almost thinking in these democratic terms and so (laughs) forth, but that's not what we're talking about here. Uh, Here, we're talking about theocracy. And theo, for those of you who don't know, means God. So God is the head of the government. And as Mark was pointing out, God is setting down how they are to live and how they are to act. And we're gonna see this all the way through up to King Saul that it's a theocracy. And, uh, when, uh, and that means God's the head of the government. Yes, there was judges, yes, there was Moses and all that. But ultimately, Moses wasn't really the head of the government, God was the head of the government. And when we realize that as we're reading, it, 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 it makes a difference. And that's where we, very beginning of our uh, trek here through the scriptures, we were talking about trying to put the books into context, you know, reading it, at, understanding the time period it was written, who wrote it, when, why, instead of trying to look at it with 21st century eyes, it's easy to, to misunderstand some of that. And, and that's kind of important. Well, one of the interesting things too, moving on here as we get into Deuteronomy, uh, when we talk about the Ten Commandments, uh, everybody always, oh yeah, the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20, that was something we read a little <laughs> bit earlier, uh, but that's not the only place it's found, is it? No, no, it's uh, it's in the, f- the first part of Deuteronomy here as well. Deuteronomy chapter five, uh, so we hear it again and... Uh, as is a lot of uh, Jewish speaking or Jewish writing. They tell the story, then they retell the story with a little bit more information. And of course, as we've been talking about, expanding it for a new generation. So Moses here is talking about the replacement tablets, uh, the retelling of the 10 commandments and uh, giving us some information related to that. And what's some of the expanded or applied ways that we can see here in chapter five of Deuteronomy?
1: Well, you know, you have the commandment of observe the Sabbath day or keep the Sabbath day holy, and you know that kind of uh, okay. Well, that's simple enough, but it goes on and explan- expands uh, that to well six days you'll work, seventh day you're going to rest. It's the Sabbath day; you'll not do any work. And then he sort of defines a little bit. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, you know, uh, you're son or your daughter, your servants, uh, your livestock, everybody is going to rest. And, uh, uh, and, and so it, it makes it, I guess, m- a little more specific, mm-hmm. um, uh, give some guidance about what would constitute work and, and what wouldn't.
0: Well, it's kind of interesting for those of us in the, obviously, the Lutheran tradition, as we go through confirmation, uh, we always talk about Luther's small catechism. And it's very specific. He asks, "What does this mean?" And he gives the answer. You know, we go through the Ten Commandments and the Apostles' Creed and so forth. But what some Lutherans don't know is Luther's Large Catechism. <laughs> uh, and again, it's the same six chief parts uh, of doctrine and belief, uh, but it's expanded. And and so as we now are reading Deuteronomy chapter five, it's the Ten Commandments, uh, just what we saw in Exodus chapter twenty, but it's expanded. Like you were talking about here about, uh, observe the Sabbath day or, uh, you know, what does coveting mean and and so forth. It, it expands it for us and, uh, uh, puts it into action. Like I say, now how do we apply these 10 commandments? How do we put it into action in our daily life? And, and that, that's really kind of important because you can memorize all you want and know the rules and regs of something. But if you don't know how to put them into action, they're just a bunch of uh, dusty old rules, but when you understand how we live and how we be and who we are, it makes a difference putting an application. Well, and it kind of comes back. So, what does that mean? Exactly. So, what does that mean? Okay. And and M- Moses does a good job of helping us see uh, what it means. Yeah. And so, as we get into that, uh, you know, some of the themes uh, that we see here clearly is God's faithfulness despite Israel's failings. Now, why is that important? Well, let's be honest. Uh, we could say God's faithfulness despite <laughs> our failings. Despite uh, Pastor Mark's failings. There you go. And uh, that that's so true to us. I mean, uh, when when as pastors we're preaching on a Sunday morning, uh, we are reminded, you know, we talk about law and gospel preaching. The law reminds us of our sin. The gospel shows us. Of our of God's forgiveness uh, and and how He brings that to us and that application is something throughout Scripture. It's not just Old Testament law, New Testament gospel. It's and we see it clearly here as they they keep falling. They're they're sinners and God brings them back. And the great thing about that is that when they look at our lives, hey, I'm a sinner, but. God can call me back. And that's something as pastors is, is is central really a lot a lot to our preaching and teaching this law gospel, you know, both and not an either or. Yeah. It it really it really is. And, you know, it it <laughs> I kinda hate to
1: phrase it quite like this, but um it's something that we live with each and every day as well as the the people that we're shepherding and caring for. So uh it's not like we don't have personal experience with losing our temper or words flying out of our mouth that we wish we could take back and
0: well absolutely. And and one of the things, uh even we see this with Moses and Aaron, I mean uh we saw how Aaron's sons who were supposed to be priests failed and, and, and so forth. Uh one of the things as a pastor on a Sunday morning, uh you know, we have public uh, confession of sins, and then the pastor turns and announces the absolution or the forgiveness. Well, uh, this is a great place to be reminded that absolution, that statement of forgiveness on behalf of Christ is not just for the people in the pew, but also for the pastors as well, just as what Moses through Aaron was bringing to the people was not just for the people, but for Moses and Aaron and and the priests as well. And, and so we see this God continuing to bring his people back, uh, not because they necessarily deserved it, but because he loved them. And as you had mentioned earlier, set them apart. He was setting them apart. He set them apart, not because of who they were, but his love for them set them apart. And uh, and I think for us as Christians, that's a good thing to be reminded as well, because we sometimes forget that, don't we? Like, what's wrong with all those people out there who aren't coming to church? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it can be easy to kind of point our fingers sometimes. And it's important for us to be reminded that uh, we're sinners, just like the world around us is sinners. The difference is not perfect, just forgiven. That we are forgiven sinners, and and that makes that's the difference. We're forgiven because of His action, not because of of our action well and think how how that
1: should shape the grace that that we ought to be extending to those around us i mean so often we may react to a person maybe somebody rude at the checks rude with us at the checkstand. well you don't know their mother may have died that morning or they may have gotten a call from uh their great aunt whom they love dearly who's uh, just discovered she has cancer so there's there's things going on dynamics in all of our lives and to have a, i guess a tender enough tender enough heart uh, to to be loving and uh, forgiving even in those in in those situations where you know you can kind of feel <laughs> the hairs on the back of your
0: neck standing on end and your
1: blood pressure kind of
0: popping right. up. Absolutely. And, and you're mentioning it in that manner really, you know, brings to mind one of my favorite books. Uh, I've used it as a preaching series a couple of times using the ideas and thoughts. But uh, there's an author that his book is called The Ten Der, in parentheses, D-E-R, Commandments. You know, we so often look at the commandments uh, as we read them or go through them as almost like uh, God beating us down, like not, what's wrong with God? Why doesn't he let us have a good time? You know, why, you know, why can we have to keep all these rules and regulations? But I love, this book is so enjoyable to read and and, uh, reminding that there is a positive nature that we so often uh, forget or overlook when we're, reading, going through the 10 commandments, but they're really a love letter in many ways that God has for his children of Israel that he has for us. So, uh, the book is the 10 and then right after 10 in parentheses, D E R tender commandments. So if you're looking for something on the 10 commandments, a little bit different take on it, that might be something you want to look at, but it's a book that I've enjoyed reading actually a couple of times, uh, being reminded of that special nature. Well, you know, as we go through there, one of the interesting things uh, is the prayer life of the people. You know, we sometimes think of prayer life almost sometimes beginning with Jesus and the Lord's prayer when his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. But uh, in chapter six of uh, Deuteronomy, uh, there is this important important prayer in Hebrew life. And uh, it's uh, actually chapter six, verses four to nine. And Mark, would you read that for us? I think it's a great prayer for us to be reminded of. It is.
1: Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your
0: eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. It's a, it's a wonderful reminding, really, for anyone as a parent or grandparent or important adult in, in a kid's life. I mean, you don't talk about faith just when you're in church and Sunday school or Bible class, you don't just talk about faith when you're sitting around the dinner table. You don't just talk about faith uh, at night when you're going to bed and having a prayer with. It's an every day, all the time kind of thing. One of the one of the truths that hopefully most parents understand: object lessons. Something happens, and it's a teaching moment. And uh, and really, what this prayer is talking about. Is reminding us all to take advantage of those teaching moments that we have, uh, talking about uh, not lying or speaking falsehoods or, uh, you know, n- not the importance of worship, the importance of God being number one or not misusing God's name, all those things. Uh, they happen in very and various ways in our lives, and we have the opportunity to use those as teachable moments. And while we're praying the Lord for that strength, it reminds us of who and what we are uh, in Christ Jesus, and how we're supposed to do that. And one of the interesting things here um, is also how very literally the Jews took this prayer, and uh, there's experiences with that.
1: Yeah, you know the um, uh, they would have a, a the the frontlet <laughs> they would actually attach. And have hanging by their by their face, or um, you could walk up to, and even with some Orthodox Jews today, you can walk up and next to the front door, or if they have a post, a little porch area, uh, they would have a little container or a little uh, with the Ten Commandments in them.
0: Right. Uh, Well, actually, as you go to a, a Jewish practicing Jewish home today, any outside door, any door that leads to the outside. And it's uh, it's actually supposed to be, not everybody's eye level is the same level, but supposed to be at eye level. So as you're walking out the door or walking in the door, it's right there at your eye level. Uh, when uh, I was going to seminary in St. Louis, St. Louis has a very large uh, Jewish population. And uh, I worked for a society caterer. And many of the home catering that we did would be in some Jewish homes. And it was always interesting as we were bringing all the instruments in and getting everything ready for this party that we were going to be serving and so forth. um, You'd walk right through this door and there right at eye level was this little box um, that we see talked about here in chapter six. And it was a way to physically remind them every time they came in, every time they went out, who you are. And uh, the little box, like like Mark said, on the forehead or whatever, it was clearly, uh, they took it in a literal sense to be an object lesson, to remind them, this is who you are, don't forget it, and wherever you go. Well, and I, you
1: know, uh, when I w- read, read through that and had been thinking about the, the Shema, uh, which is what this, this pr- Hebrew prayer is referred to as, um, I started looking around the house. Well, here we have this God bless this house and over the kitchen table we have a r- little simple kitchen uh meal prayer. Uh and and by our front door as you go out the door, we have a a, a cross and it, and and it, it was like hey, <laughs> I have I have reminders up in our, throughout our house of who we are, um what we what we believe and uh Encouragement for uh, uh, continuing to to uh, display uh, uh, who we are as as God's children.
0: And you could say a, a cross around your neck or a cross on your lapel. I mean, there's all these ways to remind us who we are. Uh, I remember a Christian group when I was going to college. Uh, my wife, then girlfriend Sarah, uh, we went to a uh, a concert and. There was a a group that was on, on, there was three or four people in the group and uh, they were all PKs. They were all preacher's kids. And being a pastor's kid myself, my wife, Sarah, being a preacher's kid as well, uh, we kind of perked up. Oh, yeah, preacher's kid. And uh, one of the gentlemen in the group said, you know, every time I left the house, dad always said, remember whose child you are. And it was like, okay, dad. Yeah, I remember. I'm the pastor's kid. Um, and then he said it was much, many years later when he was in the Navy. He was out in the middle of the ocean in, in whatever ship he was on with the Navy. And all of a sudden it hit him. That's not what his dad was saying. Remember whose child you are. Yeah, he wasn't saying, remember, you're the preacher's kid. Uh, he was saying, remember, you're God's child. And I think that uh, these, this example of the prayer here rem- reminds us, hey, yeah, remember whose child you are. Uh, you are God's child. We are his people and not just when we're in church, not just when we're at home, but no matter where it is that we are. So, you know, it's kind of exciting, uh, going through this section here again, as we've been reading these opening books, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, it seems like we're being rather repetitive at times. Uh, but remember repetition is, uh, they say the mother of learning. So, uh, Just like the Israelites, we need to hear it, we need to hear it again, and we need to hear it again. And so there is some very interesting and new nuances to what he's saying here. Uh, They're telling the story, retelling it, but now with some more information, and then they retell it with some other information. There's overlap, but there's new information there. And so as you go through your section this week, Numbers 33 to Deuteronomy 14, you know, look for that. Uh, don't just say, oh, I've read this already and try and skip over it. No, read it. See what see what's there, what it adds to it. And uh, we really uh, think it should be uh, very helpful, uh, kind of bring to life some of the things we read earlier in Exodus and, and the Leviticus and so forth, bring it to light and as we continuing down to Deuteronomy. But uh, please do that. And As we uh, end today, we really want to thank Pastor Mark Christensen for taking time to be with us uh, and be reminded, as I said earlier, uh, we will have information how you can contact him and his ministry on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram account. Uh, We will also have some information on our website as well, how you can get there. He does send out a newsletter. He'd be more than happy to send it (laughs) to you. Uh, And uh, there is ways that you can support that ministry in prayer, uh, monetarily, uh, going on these mission trips. Um, the nice thing about this particular mission of what Pastor Christensen does, it's not just once a year. It's uh, You've got several different opportunities along the way and uh, they do some great work. And if you do get his, uh, if you will get his newsletter, you'll find out that uh, uh, the exciting things uh, that they have going on south of the border. So thank you, Pastor Christensen, for being with us this this, this day. Well, thank you.
1: I I really appreciate it. It's uh, it's an honor to uh, to uh, have have the opportunities to serve here at Zion. So,
0: well, I'm sure we'll and we will. I'm sure <laughs> later in the year have you back again. So, uh, Lord's blessings as you continue your trek through the scriptures, and may you continue to grow in your knowledge and love of the Lord. Uh, in as you do your reading this week, Lord's blessings.
2: Every week as we gather together in Bible study here at Zion, we have a chance to talk about some questions. And then also throughout the week, uh, we tend to get uh, a few questions emailed or texted to us um, regarding the current readings, what we're going through. And uh, we're a little past the question for today, but I figured it was worth talking about. The question for today is how much or why don't we follow the laws of Leviticus? Um, what is the what is the difference between us and ancient Israel in that way? It can be confusing sometimes if you're just reading through the book of Leviticus and seeing all these commands. Um, why have I never heard about this? This is in the Bible. Uh, shouldn't I be following it? And it's important for us. Uh, this This answers a lot of questions because there's a lot of different things that apply this way. Fundamentally, the Bible tells a story. So when we look at the book of Leviticus and others like it, it's important to see how they fit into the story, that the Old Testament is telling the story of God's chosen people, Israel, his, his promises to restore the earth and save his creation through them. And it's all leading up to and aiming towards Jesus. He's the point of it all. And Leviticus specifically is a book God gave the people of Israel to set them apart in their own time from the people around them. Um, far later, when Jesus' followers were, were figuring out what it meant to be the church, um, they were reaching beyond the people of Israel to non-Jews, including most of us. And, and we see this in Acts chapter 15, that there were some people that were saying that Gentiles, non-Jews, had to practice all the Jewish law in order to follow Jesus. And Paul and the disciples, they argued with this and they came together to say there's, there's a distinction between becoming a follower of Jesus and becoming a Jew. So that transition, um, the fulfillment brought about Jesus means that Leviticus doesn't directly apply to us. Um, it matters because it points to Jesus and it applies to us through Jesus. So all of these things were given to people in historical context, whether, uh, whether it's rules about planting fruit trees or quarantines for people with skin diseases, um, we're not bound by any of those things. Uh, they were given for a specific purpose in a specific time. And... We can look at them as pictures of what God wanted for his people then. And especially when we get into things about worship, it's helpful for us to think of these as uh, warnings against idol worship. Uh, there's a lot of things that would be forbidden because they were part of pagan worship in the culture surrounding them. Uh, and that's good for us to be aware of as we read these books. This isn't necessarily applying to us directly, even though the the concepts of holiness and God choosing his people, God making people holy, all come to us through Christ. Thank you for all the questions that we get through the week. I'd encourage you as you think of questions to write them down, make a note, and either bring them to Bible study on Sunday morning or get in touch with us through our website or uh, or via email. Thank you again for your questions. God's blessings on your readings this week.
3: Thanks for joining us on our Trek Through the Scriptures this week. This podcast is a ministry of Zion Lutheran Church in Bismarck, North Dakota. To contact us, learn more, or for more resources on our journey this year, please visit zionbismarck.org or find us on social media. This podcast was made possible by a grant from Lutheran Church Extension Fund. We thank them for their support. Please join me in prayer as we begin our new week. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever, amen. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time as we continue our exploration of God's story in the scriptures. God bless your reading this week.